Hello and welcome to the IA Talks AI, the Investment Association's podcast series exploring everything to do with artificial intelligence in the investment management industry. My name's James King and I'm your host today and I'm very lucky to be joined by not one but two excellent guests today. We have uh, two people here from Brooks McDonald. We have Caroline Abendanza, the Chief Operating Officer. Uh, Caroline also happens to be the Chair of the IA's Tech Forum. And sitting next to Caroline, we have Stephen Esho, the Head of Cybersecurity at Brooks. Uh, and Stephen also happens to be a member of the IA's Cyber Resilience Committee. Caroline, Stephen, thank you for being here with us. Thank you, James. Thank you. Caroline, if I could start with you. Uh, I mentioned that you're the chair of the Investment Association's Tech Forum. Could you tell us a bit more about the Tech Forum's interest in AI? Because, of course, they've been looking at this for, for a couple of years now and why uh, the members of that group um, are so interested and consider it so important. Thanks, James. Yeah, well, ultimately, um, the use of AI is is the really the biggest game changer since the Internet. And of course, as the tech forum, this is exactly what gets us excited and what gets us out of bed in the morning. Um, but actually, the role of the tech forum isn't just looking at the application of new innovations. We're also really focused on influencing government policy and regulation. It's going to be absolutely critical as we move forward that we've not only got a level playing field, but it, but that it's a safe and fair playing field for, for clients and that people really understand what it is that's being used with their data, how it's being processed, etc. But actually, as you mentioned, James, this isn't new to the um, tech forum. And in fact, whilst we're all still enjoying a bit of lockdown, um, we published a paper on um, AI and the investment management industry. And really what that focuses on is, you know, with the proliferation of data and the increase in compute capability, that there's just an explosion now. And, you know, it's still as relevant as it was two years ago. We cover off legal and regulatory elements. But one of the things we won't talk about today is what is AI, because we could, quite frankly, spend the whole podcast talking about it. But my top tip for you all today is um, if you have a look at that publication, there's a hack on page six, which is a lovely pictogram of what everything AI is. So if you can't answer that question now, um, you can entertain your friends with, uh, with the pictogram. No, definitely. And um, that actually neatly brings us on to uh, the next topic we wanted to touch on. Um, so, Stephen, I mentioned that you're on the, the IA Cyber Resilience Committee. And at the last meeting, there was a really good discussion around all of the potential implications uh, posed by generative AI in particular when it comes to cyber resilience. And I know this is something you've done a lot of research into. You've been playing around a bit. Would you be able to tell us more about that and give us your practitioner perspective? Sure, sure. So what this has done, it's been a bit of a shift and from a security perspective, certainly from a security risk perspective, it's lowered the entry level in for cyber attackers. For example, simple things like, you know, none of this is new. So for example, cloning someone's voice, if you had access to someone that was an expert in voice technology, you could actually still do that. What this does now, you can download a free app on your phone called Voice Copy. You can go off to YouTube, record someone and be able to clone. I did it to our chief investment officer. So I did do it to you, James, at the start of this call as well. I'm not sure someone's going to do it to me, but what it does 
these sort of techniques become very easy for attackers to adopt. Like you said, ChatGPT is there. It can effectively, and not just ChatGPT, there's something called Freedom GPT, which effectively is no censorship and no rules around it. So it can tell you anything and create malicious content. So what this does, it lowers the entry level for attackers to be able to create really good phishing email um, scams, be able to create business email compromise scenarios. There's been already a couple of incidents where we've seen um, voice scams being used, defrauded, a, a, I think it was an Emirate Bank, 35 million in 2020, which was found to be used deep fake voice technology. Um, there's been one recently in March for an energy firm where they left three voicemails from the CEO of the company. If I say his name, you work out which energy company it is, so I probably won't say that. But there's definitely, it definitely is providing new opportunity. And in our industry too, we need to be careful because if you look at the FBI's IC3 report, the top scam was business email compromise. And the second top one is investment scams. And if you look at those two, there is a bit of a perfect storm there and things like, you know, um, documents and phishing for emails and even the ability to take someone's photo that you find on social media of them playing football and turn that into a passport photo to create a fake ID and so on. It is bringing some of those things, you know, bringing down the bar for some of those items. So you mentioned um, a few examples of where these risks are already starting to materialise. Um, at this stage, are these isolated examples or are we starting to see this really pick up? So I could say this, I'm starting to pick up reports that there's been an increase in voice type um, phishing or vishing, so to speak, using business email compromise scams. There's also been some alarming trends, probably not the nice stuff you want to hear around, um, even down to things around the FBI was warning the other day about children by social media images for children and adults where they're using those images and using AI to create, you know, as sextortion techniques to be able to then tell people to pay them money or they'll release those images. There has been a report, I think, from a couple of um, security ma magazines around that the fact that they're thinking there is a pickup in voice fraud since around March. So, and again, it's dead easy to do, as I just mentioned. There's even Live Voice, which is actually even scarier as a company, if you voice.ai, where you can go and you can actually, it even integrates into Zoom, which is perfect then to call someone via Zoom. So if you don't have the right security features in your company and someone can do an unsolicited call, they may be able to then impersonate your CEO and actually speak live. Now, that hasn't happened yet from what any reports are, but certainly there has been a few magazines reporting an increase in voice fraud. Um, I have seen firsthand, and again, it could be coincidence, an increase in phishing sophistication. And when I say that, the website it was attached to was a very cleverly built website built on a free Google Cloud with the domain. It was almost too specific. To, it was almost very targeted. And I don't know, I've seen a couple of them in the last two months, which I haven't seen for a while. So um, yeah, maybe maybe some connection, maybe not. Well, it certainly sounds like there's a lot to be concerned about. So what do you think the firm should be doing at this time to try and prepare themselves to protect themselves from these kinds of risks? We had this conversation at the Resilience Board and it's quite interesting. So none of this is new. You've got to remember all the stuff that they're doing, you could do before it was accessible. You could get a paid hacker to do this. You could get an uh, expert in Photoshop, can create your fake documents, et cetera, et cetera, voice. What, what this has done, it's basically meant that your your control environment now needs to be really good. So when you do, you know, when you talk about phishing, don't send some Mickey Mouse phishing campaign, really test your users. In fact, I encourage everyone 
go to ChatGPT and ask it to write you a password reset from Google and send it to your users. It will write a really clever email. And even though it's unauthorized, if you tell it to write your phishing email, it won't. If you just tell it, write me a password email requesting a password reset. And you can even pick your company system and it will actually go system X. So, you know, I would urge organizations to ensure that their controls are really at the right level because this is going to make, you know, the old days of, oh, watch for grammar mistakes and poorly written emails. You can throw that out the window now because this is all going to be very good. So I would uh, encourage people, you know, try a vishing, try a voice scam on your payments team, do the high sensitive functions, make sure you have robust processes. But none of this is new. Like I said, it's just what we were told to do, but make sure you're doing it really good, if that makes any sense. And use the tech to train. I think one of the things, and I think, as I said at the top of the call, I mean, you mentioned the education piece. It's so important. I've done a presentation the other day to staff where I showed them you know, showing them how to write a bank account change email and then threatening with the second email, I told it, now tell the company if they don't do this in the next 72 hours, we'll be forced to move our clients to a competitor's, you know, a competitor. And it wrote the email so eloquently to the fact that everyone was shocked in the corner. I said, so now you know what to look out for, guys. So it's that sort of thing. Use the tech, but definitely get some understanding because um, this is definitely going to be a game changer in terms of for, you know, not just the security world, but business opportunity, how we assess people, how people use the technology. I think we're having a discussion earlier about, you know, how we assess people around, you know, people people that adopt this first are going to look very clever to some extent because you're going to come into, imagine getting a, you know, an interview and say, oh, can you write a strategy on three to five years on this? And you just get, oh, you're right for me. It puts a nice straw man or skeleton for you. So I think it's going to definitely make companies rethink and understand sort of what is possible to sort of be able to see through the cracks. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, there's a lot of application out there for this in a positive way. But as as we all know, and as we've seen, you know, for example, of the internet earlier, it's just, um, it can be used for a force of good and also a force of evil. And, you know, Steve and I were talking earlier, you know, if you're in the teaching profession, how are you going to work out if your student's written a really good paper and suddenly they've started doing a lot of research or or have they been leveraging the likes of, of GPT to write it for them? And I think it becomes very tricky to Stephen's point, you know, it really lowers the bar to entry. And and so whilst you know it's going to be a lot easier for for the hackers to or the or the bad actors to kind of get into your organization everyone else is going to really have to up their game and you know awareness and training is key right not everyone's going to adopt it in a use case scenario but actually you've really got to adopt the awareness the education and the knowledge what was interesting as part of the awareness session i did i said write me variants of passwords that could be used in brooks mcdonald and it went and took all the bad Brooks McDonald 21 Brooks with double zero. But this is the sort of thing everyone was looking at that. And this is not just the bad guys using that. So like I said, entry level hacker now needs passwords. Write it. Write me domains that could be used by Brooks McDonald. It will do that. It can even find vulnerable code, vulnerabilities in your code, like file inclusion and so on. So again, those sorts of things are now available. And it's not just there's tons of AI. Look, you know, there'll be a whole new category of apps that will be called AI listed apps. But back on the point in relation to the education piece, I can't stress how big that is because none of this is new. It's just lowering the bar. We're going to have more people in it now. That's all. So probably more attacks, better attacks. But by now, we should be, I guess, better at defending, right? Sure. So it sounds like, as is often the case with 
um, cyber resilience, it, it, it often comes back to just that basic cyber hygiene really being being the most important thing. But, but for the cyber practitioner, as well as being aware of the new environment, the new landscape where all these new threats are coming from, the bad guys have been leveled up now, are there any opportunities for the cyber practitioner to do their job better armed with these AI tools? 100%. I think this is, for those cyber practitioners, I mean, it's a very, cyber look, it's a very hard field. You need to know a lot about a lot, in a sense. You've got to be able to present, you've got to be able to write reports, you need to know the techie stuff, you need to be able to explain it. What this will do, it will bring some of those, so for example, um, I wrote an advanced hunting query the other day, it's just a public query, to look for a particular thing. Now, I could have written it and it would have taken me hours, but I wrote it in just in English, said, write me a query that finds how many times this application is used and can you time trend it over this period? It wrote it for me in 30 seconds. Equally, and I wouldn't do this with any proprietary code, I, I'm able to then find vulnerabilities in code. In fact, even things like GitHub Copilot is actually really powerful to make sure your coders are developing. So, you know, we always argued for years, oh, well, insecure code and poor you know, GitHub Copilot should make sure it finds secure code, less vulnerabilities. We are able now to use the tools, some of the open source tools a lot better for some people that know how to do it, writing scripts on Showdown to find extra vulnerabilities using open source tools. These should be all available to us. Equally, it should also be able to bring, I guess, it will be able to bring, you know, different people into cyber because it won't be so overwhelming where you need to know everything about everything, right? You can sort of, in some instances, you can rely on your AI to give you, get you down on the right path. But I think equally it does give us so much new time. It actually frees up a lot of time and it, especially if we can start embedding it and automating some of it in some, you know, using it in some of our automated tasks, it could be really powerful. Like I said, even using it as awareness the other day, that was, you know, it is something about someone seeing something done live and it generating passwords live on the screen, writing code. And, you know, it, it, it's that was already powerful enough, let alone being able to use it to write scripts that would take me take me an hour or two. I'm not I've done coding, but I'm not a developer, right? I can't be all these things. So this actually helps me some, with some of my day job. So we'll end um, on this question. I want to ask both of you. What do you see coming down um, on the horizon that excites you most when it comes to AI? Well, funnily enough, Steve and I were talking about this the other day, actually. We um, we came up with our analogy of it. It feels like we might be playing Pac-Man now and in a few years we'll be Call of Duty. Um, I'll let Stephen talk to the technicalities of it all. But, um, you know, really the the advent of chat and like we say, almost like the democratisation of this, the, the bar to entry has just come down so much. It's going to be so much more accessible. So the opportunities are endless, but... You know, as Stephen's mentioned, so are the risks. And I think it's it's just a really exciting time because we're only really at the tip of the iceberg in understanding the, the capabilities and the advancements that can be made with it. But um, but yeah, Stephen, uh, yeah, well, what's coming? <laughs> so I guess the big one is um, the Microsoft Copilot and Security Copilot. This is going to hit us, hit everyone, because everyone, a lot of people use Microsoft. And interesting, the whole way, you know, we're talking about like text and having chat. What we'll be seeing is write me a PowerPoint presentation based on this, and it will write you a PowerPoint presentation. Can you make slide four less wordy? 
and it will do that. So you can imagine even having an informal meeting and having it take a transcript and write meeting minutes and be able to send it after. It's going to change a lot of time where people spend. And in the industry too, there's a whole bunch of work going into the newer models and newer learning models. And you know, chat GPT-4, I think, is going up to what 25,000 words from 4,000 words. So you can imagine what 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 five, six, seven are going to look like. I mean, this is certainly the start and it's actually very exciting we're going to see a bit of a advancement in apps and, and a new category of apps all together that will come out that hopefully will make everyone's life better and make us more efficient um so yeah that's that's i guess some of the stuff coming next year and it's like i said it's all going really fast now and the players out there if you see how many players are out there not just on some of the stuff we spoke today but across social media and all that sort of world and marketing and you know, and even from code generation, it's it's gonna, you know, we're gonna see a whole bunch of exciting applications coming um, for this technology. Well, it certainly is an exciting time. And on that note, I think we'll end it there. Caroline, Stephen, thank you very much for joining us today. And thank you everyone for listening. Uh, please do join us again for the next episode, which should be coming along quite soon. Thank you. Thanks, James. Thanks, James.